This is PhotoBizX, episode number 505, and today we are talking with a photographer who has their branding down pat, so much so, in fact, she has a wait list for families to book her sessions every single year. In addition to that, she dropped a bombshell in the PhotoBizX premium members group when she said, I stopped doing IPS, I only do online sales, and my sales averages increased as a result. That comment alone is what prompted this interview, and from there, she shared so much more. I'm talking about Rebecca Sign, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, photographer, interviewer, and host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you grow a better photography business even faster and going it alone. And I really am excited about today's guest, Rebecca Sign, because it ties in so beautifully with what else is happening this week. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I talked about the upcoming website training with Jeff Brown. It's happening this week. Tomorrow, in fact, if you're listening to this podcast episode as it goes live, it's a two-part training course on how to build a photography website that does not suck Actually, I think the proper title (laughs) for the course is How to Build a Photography Website That Works. And in that training, Jeff will be going through branding, colors, font choice, copy, SEO, how to actually lay out your website, opt-in boxes, lead magnets, and basically how to create a website that fits with what Google is looking for after their algorithm changes in 2022. And the idea is you have measurable results at the end of the course where you can look at the number of leads you're generating from your website before you do the training, implement what you hear from what Jeff teaches, and then reassess the leads coming in via your website and expect to see an increase. Now, the reason this ties in so beautifully with today's interview is you'll hear from Rebecca It's her website and her branding that has given her the opportunity to have the business that she has. It really is incredible. And you'll hear in the interview just how blown away I am by Rebecca's business. The fact she only works five months of the year, the amount of income that she's generating as a result, and it all comes back to her website, which is so well branded and leads visitors on a journey from establishing whether or not she's the right photographer for them and then going on to get on her email list and then booking for the following season. So that's coming up in just a second. In regards to the course with Jeff, you can learn more about that if you go to photobizx.com forward slash website course. If you do register this week, the cost is $147 and the price is doubling after this week. Now, if you can't make the live training, I have you covered. There will be recordings and the course will live on the photobizx.com website as a standalone course after the live delivery. So it doesn't matter whether or not you can make the live training. If you do register before the end of this week, you get access at half price. Plus, you also get the Evergreen Facebook Ads Funnel course absolutely free. Again, if you register this week. photobizx.com forward slash website course to learn more about what Jeff will be covering. And as always, if you do register for the training, you find that it's not a good fit, you don't get value, 
you feel like you don't get your money's worth, you let me know and I will happily refund you. And that's the same with every course through PhotoBizX because the sole reason I do put out these interviews and put together these courses for you is to help you build a more successful business. That's my one and only goal with PhotoBizX. See you be more successful with your photography business. So the last thing I want is for you to invest in your education and not get value for money. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. I should also remind you, last week's interview guest, Heather Wanniger, was an absolute ripper, especially if you love success stories because Heather was down and out. She had a, I want to say, terrible husband who just made her feel like there was no chance she could ever have a successful photography business. She got out of that relationship after many, many years of going through the courts. She shares a lot of that in the interview, and then she goes on to talk about how she actually shares a lot of her story on her about page and on her socials, and that's what is attracting her ideal clients to her. So get back and have a listen to that one. It's Heather Wanninger. It's episode 504 of the podcast definitely some great lessons to learn there in addition to some marketing gold. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Rebecca in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Rebecca. I am saving a large portion of the second half. And yes, it is the best part of the interview. I'm saving that for premium members only. The good news is you can get access to it for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. Just head over to photobizx.com forward slash try, invest a dollar via PayPal, get the 30-day trial. And if you love what you're hearing, what you're getting from the interview guests that you go and check out, including Rebecca's today, then stay on with your membership and it'll automatically go to $20 a month after that first 30-day trial. But the 30 days gives you the perfect opportunity to check out the full interview today, the back catalogue, get an invite to the members' Facebook group, see what all the fuss is about there, get access to the premium resource page where all the courses and training are discounted for members, and also find other specials there as well. So come and have a look around, do that for a dollar, and see if PhotoBizX is a good fit for you and your business. Oh, and I should say, if you do become a premium member, you can listen to the premium podcast episodes on your podcast app or however you like to listen to your podcast right now. So as long as the app supports a premium feed, you can listen to the premium episodes every single week, explore the back catalogue all via your podcast app. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest has been photographing for 15 years and 13 of them as a family photographer. And if you take a look at her website, you're greeted by a beautifully laid out, vintage inspired, gorgeous pages peppered with soft, low contrast, professionally crafted images. But that's not the sole reason I asked her for this interview today. It started with a post inside the PhotoBizX members Facebook group where she said, I went from IPS to fully online galleries. I use Pixie Set. I focus on selling albums and my sales averages actually went up without IPS. So I followed up when I read that and I asked for some more details and she replied in a follow-up message, I switched quite some years ago from the get-go. I noticed an increase in sales. 
When I was helping my clients order during IPS, I made it easier for them to narrow down images for the album. We'd look at similar images side by side, eliminate options together, etc. And when I just left them alone to order without me, they ended up choosing more. Now, I know there is more to the story, and here we are. I'm talking about the lovely Rebecca saying, sorry. Now, I know there's more to the story, and here we are today recording. And I'm happy to say that I have the lovely Rebecca saying, am I saying that right? It's sign. You are saying it right. Yeah, it's you saying. got it right this time. <laughs> All right, let me go to that last paragraph again. <laughs> Now, I know there is more to the story, and here we are recording today, and I'm wrapped to say that I have the lucky... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we have to leave this in. This is just terrible. All right, let me try once more. I know there is more to this story, and here we are recording today. I'm happy to say I'm even wrapped <laughs> to have the lovely Rebecca Sane with me and you today on the show. Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Andrew. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> now, I don't know if we're going to leave that whole intro in because I made an absolute meal of it. You did amazingly well staying quiet and laughing to yourself. Uh, but yeah, welcome, Rebecca. It's great to have you here. Tell me a little bit about your business, where you're based. And I said you photograph families. Is that only what you do? Yes, only families. I started off with weddings and pretty quickly decided that I didn't want to shoot those long term. Um, so I switched solely to families early on in the business. I'm based in Vancouver, Canada. And yeah, I also shoot in Hong Kong once a year and a little bit in Europe as well. But my main client base is in Vancouver. Right. So Hong Kong and Europe, did they happen through holidays? Have you got family there? Um, Europe, I sort of made happen and it, it's still pretty small. I just kind of do it because I love it. Hong Kong happened because there's a huge sort of Hong Kong, Vancouver connection, people living here, living there, going back and forth. So I had a good client who moved back to Hong Kong and then asked me to come. And so I started going and then booked more from there. And now I kind of make it a yearly, a yearly trip. I go for about a week and a half and just shoot like crazy and then come home. Amazing. Amazing. All right. We might talk more about that in a little while. Now in the intro, I described your website as having a vintage feel or being vintage inspired. And before we started recording, I said to you, is that how you would describe it? And what did you say to me? Uh, well, yeah, I think, well, I was saying that I think sometimes vintage, when you think about photography, has a bad connotation because you don't want your photo, you don't want to hear that your photos sound vintage. But I think with the brand, yes. When I was working on the brand with the designer, it was very much based off of like vintage children's books and the illustrations that would be in those and that kind of thing. That was the inspiration for it. So with that feel, with those artistic additions to your website, and the listener can go and check it out, it's Rebecca, and I said sign, but it's spelt sen, S-E-H-N, so rebeccasen.com. If you go and have a look at the website, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. But you have these artistic or illustrative drawings, if you like, you know, around the borders and peppered throughout the site. Is that something like the designer came up with, or did you say you wanted that? No, I went to the designer with that. So I had this idea and that's kind of what I wanted for the brand. And so I went to a designer who was also an artist. So she designed the website and made the drawings for the brand all at once. So I had the color green in mind for whatever reason and and this kind of vision for it. And then she we worked together and she created that for me. Okay, so, and what I'm curious about is because it seems to fit perfectly with your photography. I'm curious, did the designer... Did she see your work and interpret it that way? Or do you say, hey, this is my vision, just make it? 
I had the vision. And I think honestly, the brand almost came before my work was at the point that it is now. So when I had the vision for the brand, I feel like, because this was quite a long time ago that she did the first iteration of the website, my work was still in the early stages and I was shooting this and that and the other thing. And so the work didn't necessarily fit the brand. So I sort of had the idea in mind for the brand before my work ever got to a point where it is now, where they look like they jive together, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And they do perfectly. So did you have the same, and you said that the photography looked different but did the look of the photos have the look they do now? You know, that I describe them as a low contrast. Like they did, I mean, they're beautiful. They look like artwork on your website. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I think they always had that look to them from the start. Um, I just got better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like when you, when you start, you just, it is not as great. And over the years, I got better at, uh, at the art and also at the clients that I was shooting sort of changed over the years. So... I remember at the beginning when I was first starting to kind of put this brand together and looking at my website and, you know, I was booking okay, but not that great. And one day it kind of struck me. I looked at the website and I went, if I were finding this photographer's website, would I be excited to book this photographer? And immediately I said, no, not really. Like, (laughs) it's okay. Like, Like the work's fine. There's nothing exciting about it. So kind of from that point, I started doing portfolio shoots and kind of trying to bring the work up to match where the brand was to make it into something that I would want to want to book, basically. And so eventually, you know, doing that, I got it to where it is now, you know, something I'm happy with, I'm proud of. Nice. Yeah, so you should be. When you were getting to that stage, or now that you're at that stage, I should say, do you still have clients or do you have any clients that say, Rebecca, we love your work. We want you to photograph our family, but we want higher contrast. We want more poppy colors. Like, do they say that and they just don't make it to the website? Not a single one, not anymore. Because it's so clear now, the kind of, even the kind of family that I shoot and what they like to wear and the colorings that anyone who books me now, it's just so obvious that I do what I do that they're coming to me because they want me to do that for them, not because they want me to do something else, you know? You have a real brand. Yeah, I think that's so huge to be so, you know, I feel like it started to take off when I was not only specialized in family and children's photography, but also the brand and the type of family that I was photographing was so clear that someone who landed on my pay on my website and recognize themselves in those families would go, oh, this is a photographer who photographs families like mine. Or you would land there and go, no, this isn't my family. And you'd leave, which is great. You know, it's like specializing into families, but then even further niching down into a type of family. Yeah. And I look, I'm in awe because I feel like when a photographer gets to the stage that you are, where you have an obvious brand and families are coming to you clients are coming to you and paying you to shoot in the style that you do without asking you to do anything else. And they're coming to you for that work you create. I mean, that's the epitome of success, isn't it? I mean, that's, it you know, your, your BMW, your Tiffany's, your Gucci, you know, in your area. <laughs> that was always the goal for me. Yeah. When I went to my web designer, in, even in the beginning, or maybe not the first time, but the second time, because I went back to the same person and we redesigned because websites change. I said, I want to design something that makes me look like I'm the best family photographer in the world. 
Do you know what I mean? Even if I'm not, clearly I'm not. There's so many amazing photographers, but that's always the goal. Like make yourself look like the best and make it so branded that anyone who feels at home there needs to book you. Right. So I imagine, and even though you said it doesn't happen, well, how would you handle if someone said, Rebecca, you know, you photographed our friend's family down the road. We want you to photograph us, but we want to have more colorful, high contrast. Like, what would you say to me if I rang and said that? Well, I would say that, no, <laughs> I'm not, I can't change the way that I shoot. This is my art. This is the way it is. I probably would say something to the effect of let's work on that in your wardrobe or let's pick a location that suits what the view you're looking for. If you really want me to shoot you and you love my work that much that you want to book me. But, you know, if it's not that they really want me and they want something different, I'd send them somewhere else. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that would be the case. When you were looking at your old website and you said you looked at it and thought, you know, would you book this photographer? And you thought, mm, maybe not. Was it the photography or was it the words? Like what was it that stood out to you as not being appealing enough? Um, it was mainly the photography at that time. It wasn't that I didn't think that I was skilled because I think – I think most photographers, no matter how bad they are, always think that they're good in some way. I don't know. <laughs> do you know what I, I don't know. I, I do. I'm, I'm smiling as you're saying it because it's true. No matter, no matter what stage you're at, because now I can look back at my early work and go, oh, that was a bit shit. But at the time, you always feel like you're great, right? So I was confident that I could take great photos. It was more that I think maybe more that the people I was photographing, not the people, because pe everyone's great, but the way that it was styled, what they were wearing wasn't exciting to me. And so when I started doing portfolio shoots, there, there was one where I went out and bought a, a dress for the mom to wear. And we put the dad in a suit and just like made it more exciting for me to, and, and kind of the direction that my work started to go in. And yeah, I think... That's a huge part of my brand too. I don't shoot in any kind of super creative or crazy way. A lot of it is just the locations that we're in and what the family is wearing and how they're styled. Not to take anything away from the art because I mean, that's there too. But the big part of it is location and wardrobe, you know, that shows people what kind of families you're shooting. Yeah. And it fits so beautifully together. I'll keep you know, harping praise on your site because it, like, it really looks like it could have been taken from a movie trailer, you know, that vintage inspired movie and just popped onto your website. That's how it looks. Yeah. I, yeah. More uh, cinematic, I guess. And I'm very particular. Like I don't like to have anything modern in my photos. So I'll try to even avoid like any cars in the background I keep it, even like trees, I get very specific about, which is weird because I live in the West Coast of Canada, but I don't like having too many evergreens in my photos. I like it to look very kind of European, pastoral. Um, yes, yeah, so I get very specific. And I guess all of those things, when you put them together, just gives a vibe. It's not necessarily in, necessarily how I take the photos. It's how I've crafted the where and the backgrounds and the people in the photos and that kind of thing. Wow. And are you actually, are you still buying any clothing for the families, particularly the mums and the, no. no, so they come prepared. No, I know a lot of people do that, but I think at a certain point, like the families I shoot now, the mums, they want to go and they want to use their own wardrobe. They can spend the money to go buy a really nice dress for this. And that's, I think, part of the excitement and and then they get to feel like it's their dress and not something that they've 
borrowed that's not theirs from a random I don't know I know a lot of photographers do the wardrobe borrowing really well but I don't really like it personally cool you said that the families can afford to buy the clothing they're wearing and um, you know I expect that they're paying reasonable amounts of money for the photography services that you provide what are clients spending on average with you so last year I actually upped my average which I was pleased about and I was at 31.74 Canadian dollars last year Wow, that's awesome. On average. On average, wow. Oh, I was I was pleased about that. I'd been at around 2500 for mm, 4 years before that or so. So then last year I bumped it up and upped the average a bit, so that was nice. Hey, it's Andrew here, just jumping in quickly because Rebecca and I were chatting after we finished recording and some of those numbers didn't quite add up. So just to clarify, Rebecca did come back to me and say that she talked about having a turnover or a revenue of $106,000 last year, and that included a $3,174 average per client photographed, and that she also usually shoots 50 sessions. Now, that wouldn't have added up, and the reason is she still hasn't been able to go back and shoot in Hong Kong since COVID. So this year, she says she'll be back to her usual sessions and forecasting about $130,000 to $140,000 in revenue which she says would be a decent jump for her, fingers crossed. So hopefully that all makes sense. But I guess the big key takeaway is the averages have gone from 2,000 something to 3,174. And Rebecca is booking as many sessions as she wants to be booking while maintaining a wonderful lifestyle. All right, let's get back into this interview. I'd been at around 2,500 for four years before that or so. So then last year I bumped it up and upped the average a bit. So that was nice. What did you do to, to bump it up? Did you just change the price list? Yeah. Well, the nice thing that happens, I have more inquiries than I can handle. So when I started turning people away, then all of a sudden you're not trying to get people in the door anymore and you can make cuts, right? So I no longer had to have in the lower collection um, an option to buy 10 of your pictures because I didn't want anybody to choose that. And so I just cut it out. And so nobody can choose that anymore. And then I think that was the main thing that I did, to be honest. I kind of took out the very bottom of the bottom package as an option and then upped everything else a little bit. Wow. I mean, it sounds easy. And I guess, like you said, you have the freedom to play around more with your pricing once you don't need to chase the work. What a position to be in. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's different when you're still trying to get more clients. You've got to, like, have that little treat at the bottom to make them think that, oh, I, we can just spend that one and it'll be fine. And then once they've had the shoot, then, of course, they spend more, like everyone knows. But once I started having more inquiries than I can handle, then all of a sudden you go, well, I don't really want anyone to come in the door who is uncomfortable spending over a certain amount because I have other families waiting who would be fine spending that. And so I'd rather have the families in that want the top package or the middle package than the lower one, you know? Makes sense. So it gives you the freedom to do things like that. Yeah. So good. Now, I know that you're, and the listener may not know, but I know that you are a mother of four children. I'm guessing you're married? Yes. Yeah, I am. Right. So how much time do you have to photograph families? How many families are you looking to photograph (laughs) each season or each year? Not, not a ton, uh, not a ton of time. I usually end up shooting about 50 sessions in a year when all is said and done. And I shoot for only five months of the year. And then the rest of the time I'm either doing like off season 
task things, you know, prepping for the next year or running numbers from the previous year, or I take December pretty much completely off. And then my husband's an accountant, so he's really busy in March, April coming up right now. So then I, I can't work very much in those either. Right. So is that because you're sharing, looking after the kids when you're shooting? Yeah. The older ones are in school, but I mean, just having four kids, no matter what the stage of life you're in, it's busy. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got two, so I don't know how you do it with four. I'm one of four and I know my mum was uh, run off her feet with us, us four boys. Um, you said you shoot five months of the year. Is that Obviously, it's because your husband's working. He's busy at certain times of the year. I think it's Christmas as well. My guess is all your work is outdoors. You can't shoot through winter, can you? I could. I used to. I used to shoot through winter. I mean, when I started, I would take anything that anybody wanted, right? (laughs) So like anybody does. So I'd shoot some in the winter. I'd shoot in their homes, that kind of thing. But it's just not nice, you know, for little kids, because I'm in Canada, right? So the winter's just kind of gross even in Vancouver it's not doesn't get as cold as elsewhere but it's wet and gray and it just the shoots weren't as nice and I don't mind kind of putting all of the sessions into one section of the year because the five months that I shoot are consecutively from June July August September I do Vancouver and then in October I do Hong Kong so it's like one kind of busy season and then done which works for me. I know some photographers love shooting all the time. I'm not like that. I kind of, I I like shooting, but I'd rather take half the year off from shooting. (laughs) I'm with you. And I like the business side of it better. And I I don't know, it gives you good rest. There's so much burnout when you're just shooting and intaking clients all the time. You know, it's a lot. So I don't mind having the seasonality to it. Yeah, I remember interviewing Arika Dorf, the pet photographer in the States, and she travels the country for a few months of the year and then she has the rest of the year off. And I was like, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that if you could, right? Yeah. Like, that's so good. Absolutely. Every year I try to figure out how I can work less and make a little more money. And that's like the direction that I like going in. <laughs> so, really, I mean, really, if you say that the only way that you can increase your income is to increase your prices or lower your cost of doing business but you can't physically photograph anymore can you um no I could I've gone years where I've shot more than that one year I did maybe uh, what was my biggest year I've got 72 I did one year and that was a lot but it's just it gets to be too much so I kind of put 50 as a this is a good number that works with our life and makes me a good amount of money and that I'm happy with so yeah, 50 is kind of the number I impose upon myself, but I could, in theory, shoot more. Or maybe when the kids are all in school, I could shoot more. But I don't know if I would want to, really. Yeah. Why disrupt the great lifestyle? Yeah. Right? Like, who <laughs> wants to work all the time? Yeah. That's why we go into <laughs> business, so we don't. There's other things to do. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell me about finding these clients because... I mean, I imagine now you're getting a lot of referrals and correct me if I'm wrong here, but are you doing other things to bring the inquiries in? Not really. So my main is referrals and then mostly repeat clients. And then the other main way that I find clients is through Google. So I always make sure my SEO is good. And then they find me and land on the website, go on my mailing list, um, and then get my booking emails when I book in March. Okay. So just tell me about that process. So you talked about SEO there. Did you work on the SEO or did you hire someone like a designer, but an SEO expert to do that side? 
I've mostly done SEO. I did have Alex Vita kind of do a review of my site, which was really great. So that was helpful. But mostly it's just random blogging. I make sure that I'm kind of on all the big lists for top photographers in the areas that I want to show up on Google for. So for Vancouver, if you Google Vancouver family photographer, I'll come up pretty high. But there's also two other pages that come up really high that are like top photographers in Vancouver. And so I make sure that I'm on those, whether I have to pay for them or just make sure I email and get on them, that kind of thing. And then that makes sure that I stay pretty high. Okay. I want to ask you a little bit more about the website, but you know how you were talking about hiring a designer, you spoke to Alex Vita, I'm guessing you had a web developer. Did everyone work together or did you sort of have to be the coordinator and say to the web designer, hey, here's my designs from the artist, can you make this work? How did that all function? So the web designer was also the artist. So the designer designed the site and did the art for me. And then she coordinated with the developer. So I didn't have to deal with the developer at all. So the designer kind of did everything there. And then Alex, I contacted maybe a year or two ago. We did this because I just noticed that the site wasn't really fast enough. And because it's my only way of gaining new clients through Google and the website, um, I needed it to be fast. I didn't want anybody to land there and not have it load and then lose a, a potential person on my mailing list or whatnot. So he kind of helped me get it up to speed, as it were. Okay, And what did that primarily involve? Oh, I can't really remember anymore what it was. I think I had to send him kind of a questionnaire of things. And then he did a full review of the website. He fixed a bunch of things for me on the back end himself. And then I think he sent me a bunch of kind of homework to do to work on the website as well. But it was really great. He was awesome. Yeah, look, I know other photographers have used Alex for that same thing and they get a big checklist. But when I was asking the question, I was thinking that it was the top thing on the list to, you know, uh, resize all your images and make them smaller. What was the one big thing that you remember doing that made it faster? I don't really remember. I think I had already kind of done everything I could with resizing images myself because I knew it was a problem. So I kind of went in myself and was like, okay, let's make all the images as small as I can, yada, yada, yada. I don't remember. I think it was something that he worked on in the back end to make it faster. And I can't remember exactly what it was. So you'll just have to tell everyone to go hire Alex. (laughs) Okay. It's pretty cool in itself knowing that you did everything you could, then he came in and still made it faster, which is awesome. Yeah. And I was kind of skeptical. I think that's why it took me so long to do it because it was a decent amount of money, but it was totally worth it. And I needed my website to be fast. Like my website is the most important thing in my business. So, you know, it needs to be speedy. Love it. And now I think it's pretty good. So tell me about what happens when a client lands on your website. So let's say I land on your site and I fall in love with the work. Um, If I don't, I'm leaving, but I've landed there. I fall in love. What should happen? What do you think happens? What does happen? Well, the only thing that I want to happen when they land on the website, if they fall in love with my work or like it or interested, is to request my rates, which then puts them on the mailing list for the location that they requested rates for. So it's my, that's my lead magnet. That's what you call it, right? Is the rates PDF. Right. So yeah, so on your homepage, if I scroll down, I can see about and rates is one of the first buttons I come to. Yes. So if you click that, then it should take you. Right. Then I've got an opt-in form. Yeah. So now it's asking for my name, email address and location. Exactly. And then request the rates. So then I'm automatically, I'm into your funnel now. I'm going to start receiving emails automatically. And actually also, if you go to my contact, it'll take you to the same sort of thing. So if you click contact on there, on the one side, it lets you email me 
But on the other side, it goes request session rate. So in case someone goes to the contact looking for rates, then it's right there as well. So no matter what they do, if they want to know the rates, they're going to end up on my mailing list unless they just email me, which is fine too, because that's another inquiry. Got it. Okay. So did you experiment with having rates on your website or having a starting price on your website or have you always used your price list as a lead magnet? I started doing the price list as a lead magnet I think in 2019 when I redid the website. That was one of my specific requests when we redesigned it was to make sure that we had this as a built-in through MailChimp option that looked pretty. (laughs) So that's when I started doing that. I think I still do have starting rates in certain areas if you're on like the actual location pages so that, you know, it'll scare off people who are like, oh, we were looking for $500 or whatnot. Um, But yeah, only just kind of rough, rough rates. And then they've got to put their email in to get the the full PDF. Okay. So once you send that PDF, um, which I'm guessing happens automatically through MailChimp, it looks like you're not asking for a phone number at this stage. You're really solely relying on email to do the heavy lifting at that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't call them nothing. So that I just, it sends them the PDF. It puts them on my mailing list and they're now on my mailing list. Excellent. (laughs) That's it. And so what happens with the mailing list? Is that like a a soft sequence that uh, sort of brings them into the fold and eventually says, Hey, here's my booking form or here's uh, my phone number. Call me. Like what happens? Not really. So they get the PDF and then the PDF, uh, I should take a look at what it says. So at the bottom, it kind of says, please note that spots are reserved each March for the summer season on a first come first served basis. If all spots have been filled, please ask to be put on a list to be notified for next year. So at that point, they usually, if they want to book, they'll email me and either it's pre-March and in the new year. And I'll say, sorry, I haven't opened bookings yet. I'll make sure you're on my mailing list and watch for my booking emails in March. If you have any questions, let me know kind of thing, which is great because I think it's kind of rare for people to email a photographer and not have the photographer answer, oh yes, I'll take you right away. Thanks for considering me. You know, just to be able to say, sorry, not booking right now is puts you kind of in a power position, which is important psychologically, I think. Anyway, So then if they email me before March, that's what happens. If they email me in the middle of the season, same kind of deal. But I say, sorry, I'm fully booked for the year. Let me put you on my mailing list and you can book for next year, next March, which is even crazier because you're going, um, not only can I not book you now, but I maybe will be able to photograph you next year and then how are they feeling about you, right? Yeah, like, oh my God. Now, like, nobody else is going to be good enough. <laughs> They've looked at my rates at this point. They've decided, oh, wow, I really want that. And oh, I think maybe we could spend $2,000 on this. And then to email me and go, oh, well, she can't even take us. You know, that's an interesting thing. And I, I think quite powerful. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and not only do they think you're amazing straight away off the bat they think you're now you're even more amazing you're totally booked out and they're probably thinking about spending more as well i imagine they're going to start saving for next year yeah probably exactly so good so when do you actually talk to the client for the first time (laughs) i don't until they've (laughs) i hate talking on the phone So I know a lot of photographers do a pre-booking consult and whatnot. 
But again, I don't really need to do any of those things because I'm not trying to sell myself anymore. So although I never really did because I hate the phone. But once they book, then I send them a planning guide in the mail and I get in touch with them. So they know all this at that point. I get in touch with them six weeks before their session. And that's when we have a planning call. So at that point, they've paid the deposit. We have their date. It's happening. And we have a planning call. And that I've got kind of things that I go through with them and we pick the location and the timing and talk about their kids and, you know, all those things that you'd have to go through to have a a family session. You said you mail a planning guide. Is that actual mail or is it email? Yes, I mail it, which is like very much in line with the brand, right? So it's a little, oh, I have one here. I can show you even though listener can't see it. So it's like a little booklet. Right. So that's square. It looks square, about eight by eight, is it? Yeah, a little square booklet. Uh, yeah, seven by seven, I think. And then it goes in a little like vintage looking mailer envelope. Beautiful. Wow. Okay. And no matter where they are. So I send those to Hong Kong. I send them to Europe. Nobody gets mail anymore. So it's so fun. And it just kind of is a nice right after they book and they've spent this huge deposit to get that in the mail and be like, oh, okay. Yes, this is going to be great. Oh, wow. Okay. So for the listener, again, we said vintage inspired. So is the packaging. So is the, the booklet. It all looks beautiful. So at that stage, they paid a deposit. Yes. So when I open bookings in March, then people request their dates. I sort it all out. And then they pay a $1,000 deposit to book that date. Is that refundable if they don't show up? Well, I never really have that happen because at this point, they're so happy to have a spot that they're not going to ghost me, right? If any, of course, like if anything really bad happened or we couldn't shoot, I would have refunded. No problem. Right. And then Vancouver, the weather is so bad. So the date is not set in stone. We book for, say, June 25th. And then if it rains, then we find an alternate date. But the deposit kind of secures their spot with me for the that shooting season. I love that. That's so good. All right. So how do they pay that thousand dollar deposit? Do they get an email with a link? Yeah. So when I open my booking day, then I get everyone who wants a session, they'll email me their kind of top choices of dates. And then I'll go through all of the inquiries and sort it all out according to kind of client seniority and then adding in a few new clients if I can. And then I will email this client hooray, like the date that you wanted works. Um, so let's book it in. And it's like got a few steps on it of buttons. So they have to go in and sign the, read the contract and then pay the deposit. There's a link to, um, I use Wave for accounting. So there's like a checkouts page for that. So they do it there. And then the other thing they do there is they enter their information through Studio Ninja. So have that set up. Once I give them their date and that, yes, it's yours, then they enter their stuff in there. And that's what kind of opens them up in my system as a new client. Right. Wow. What a business you have. I mean, do you look at it now? Do you still pinch yourself and think, wow, look at the position I'm in. Look at the photographer I am. Look at the business owner I am. Yeah, I do now. You know, there were a lot of years at the beginning where it wasn't so great, (laughs) but now I'm proud of it. And I think it's, it's better and more than I would have hoped to get to when I was younger. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. And you said your husband, what's his name? Adam. Adam. So you said Adam was an accountant. Did he see this coming, like the size of the business that you have, you know, bringing in over $100,000, you know, each year with photography, working at five months of the year? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, I started this when I was quite young, like before we got married. And so the plan was kind of that I would do this and be able to raise the kids and have something on the side. 
But when I started kind of even upping my rates at the beginning, so say I was charging like $300 off the get-go, and even that to us at the time sounded like a lot of money. And so then when I upped it to like 900, he's like, no, nobody's going to pay that. And so the rates that I'm charging now, he still can't believe it. It's pretty funny. He's always been so supportive, but also kind of unbelieving that people would spend that kind of money on photos. So good. I love it. I love it. I said in the intro that you've been photographing families for 13 years. Knowing what you know now, could you have got to where you are now faster? Oh, yeah. Really? Okay. 100%. Right. What would you have done to get there quicker? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. What a phenomenal business. It's just, it's just amazing what you've built and uh, the little work that it requires now to keep it going. It's awesome. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah, you have four kids and it'll make you streamline and outsource as quick as you can, right? <laughs> and I, I need to be working part-time. So, you know, I only have so many hours and so you do what you can with what you have and make it work. So good. I've loved talking to you. I can't believe we haven't done this sooner. Where is the best place for the listener to see your work? The website. They can check out my vintage-inspired website, Andrew. <laughs> So RebeccaSane.com. RebeccaSane.com. And the Sane is spelled S-E-H-N. So Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-S-E-H-N.com. Go and have a look at it. It's amazing. Your work is incredible. Thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you have. Just to finish off, if you were to take an up-and-coming photographer under your wing in another country, so they're not going to be competing against you in, uh, in Vancouver, like how easy do you think it would be to train them to replicate what you've done? Hmm. I don't think it would be that hard, to be honest. I think they'd have to find their own style to it because it's hard to shoot in a way that someone else shoots, right? You've got to really love what you're shooting. But if they found their own specific style to it and yeah, I don't, I don't think there's not a whole lot of, I mean, yeah, it's skill. I've been shooting for 10 years, but there's nothing crazy to it. I use one camera. I shoot everything on a 50. Like I don't even bring another lens to my shoots. It's all very simple. So it's not, yeah, it's not nothing crazy to it. No lighting. Yeah. I don't think it's that hard. So do you think it would work with another look? Like I know, you know, we've, we've keep saying vintage inspired for you. Like, do you think it would work with another look the same way? Absolutely. Because the same families that come to my website and say, oh, no, thank you. This is too pretty. This is too girly for me. Those families would go and land on that other photographer's website and go, yes, this is this is exciting. This person's irreverent. This is this is our family. And they would land on they would go with that photographer as it should be. Right. So everybody's got their thing like this brand is is me. This is what I like. And so that's what I've done. But yeah, someone else would have to do it their way. But absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and I'm glad you shared that because I, I totally agree. Rebecca, again, thank you so much. You have been an incredible guest. Congratulations again. I've said it over and over again how amazing everything you're doing is. Thanks for coming on and sharing it with us. Thanks, Andrew. That's very exciting to be here. I've been listening for so long. <laughs> 
I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rebecca as much as I did. Rebecca, if you are listening, I have already heaped so much praise on you. But again, massive congrats on your success. And thank you again so much for coming on and sharing everything you did. For you, the listener, I know there has to have been a ton of takeaways from what Rebecca had to share. If you do have a follow-up question for Rebecca, you can hit her up in the comments area of the show notes. This week, they're at photobizx.com forward slash 505. In those show notes, you'll also see examples of her fantastic work, her branding, also links to anything and everything that she mentioned. It's all there in that one spot. And of course, if you are a premium member, you have easy access to Rebecca inside the members Facebook group. So if you have a follow-up question, if you just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did, whatever it is, you can do that inside the members Facebook group. Be sure to tag Rebecca and I know that she'll love to see and read your comments and feedback there. Okay, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to check out the website course, How to Build a Photography Website That Works. It's coming up with Jeff Brown this week. There are more details at photobizx.com forward slash website course. And as you heard from Rebecca, just how important a well-branded, easy-to-find and converting website can be to your business. It really is essential. So I hope to see you there on the training if you can make it. Otherwise, I'll catch you in the recording. Big thanks again to Rebecca for coming on, sharing everything she did. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 